give me one shot here on a blue chip stock, believe me, Kevin, the only problem I'm gonna have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is gonna go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's good, NBA Draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street. We are here with episode two of the week. We, usually we've been doing these as the first part of the week. We switched up on you. This is the second part of the week. We are on the clock. Okay, we're on the clock with the Orlando Magic. My name's Corey Gold. I am your host of the Draft Dak NBA Draft Podcast. I'm here with my boy, Albert Ginn. Albert, how we doing? I'm, dude, great. I'm hyped to talk about the magic. Here we go. Orlando we're, basketball. We're talking about the Orlando basketball team. <laughs> um, they are currently slotted for the third pick in the draft. This is before the lottery. So obviously things are going to change. Uh, we don't know where they're going to pick, but they have the third worst record. So as you know, on the clock, we are going to kind of go through some of the prospects that are going to be in their range. Um, the magic you know, are, they're going to have a little bit more of, of an, you know, selection because they can technically fall to the seventh spot. I believe Mm -hmm. Uh, they have a 7.1% chance of falling to the seventh spot. So they kind of have a, a fairly big, you know, kind of one through seven um, of where they can land. And, And that's Cade which obviously mm-hmm. the rule is we know that if they get the first pick, you're going to take Cade. Yeah. Um, but they can also go down to the seven spot, and that's where we're getting into the Jalen Johnson, who you you, you just listened to this week. Uh, Keon Johnson, Kispert, maybe Davion Mitchell, maybe a little bit of Alperin Sengun, who uh, I can't wait to talk about on, on the main pod at some point. Um, so first, Albert, who like – Let's say they get the third pick. Okay. Let let's assume that Cade goes off the board first. Mm-hmm. And if we're going by general consensus, let's say Evan Mobley goes off the board second. So they're on the clock with the third pick. And we got Suggs, Green, and Kaminga. Mm-hmm. Where are you going? Well, what direction are you going? Well, Corey, I also did want to ask you, do they have the Bulls pick for sure? What are the stipulations no. on that one? No, oh, they don't. They don't have it for sure. It's top four protected. So top four protected. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that that pick has a chance to convey to the Magic if it if it lands outside of the top four. Uh, the Bulls finish with the eighth worst record. So mm-hmm. um, chances are it's going to go to the Magic, but there is certainly um, you know a chance that it goes to the bulls and in which case uh, they don't get it. So um, yeah, there's a 34 and a half percent chance. They have the eighth pick 36.2% chance ninth pick. Mm-hmm. And then it gets, you know, weirder, but it's mm-hmm. probably eighth or ninth um, based on pick odds. So they're on the clock with the third pick Mobley and Cunningham are off the board. Where do they go? Okay, so with the Magic, I think it's interesting, right? Because they yep. have, well, Markel was out for most of the year. I mean, pretty much yep. the whole season, right? Yep. They picked up RJ Hampton from yes. the Nuggets. Good value. Who, yeah, had a really good end of the season for them. Yeah. Um, so I think it's interesting. But for me, I think if and they have Cole Cunningham, Anthony too in that backboard, and they have Cole Anthony, you're right. You're right. So even with those names, right? Even with those names, yeah. 
for me, it has to be Jalen Green. Like for you know, I think you and I are pretty much consensus that Jalen Green should go number two to whoever ends up at number two. But yeah. in this situation, in this hypothetical where Jalen Green is still on the board, you think about that Magic team. Why not? There's absolutely. I I don't think there's anything stopping the Magic from taking Jalen Green and his you know potential number one one A alpha potential you take that guy and i i know tankathon has jalen suggs mock there yeah uh, i would rather have jalen green there yeah me too yeah <laughs> i mean pretty easily i mean like you said he's our number two guy um yeah. so if you get him at number three that's just good value and i i think there's a re- realistic chance that he's probably the number three pick um mm-hmm. i think there's an outside shot that he gets to number two especially with workouts and interviews and whatnot um but I mean, look, Cole Anthony, nice player. R.J. Hampton, nice player. Fultz, well, you know, he was he was coming on uh, in his own way before the injury. None of those guys are guys that you look at and you go, "I'm not taking a position who plays the same uh, a guy who plays the same position as any of these guys because they're not that caliber of prospect, right?" Jalen Green is his talent level is way too high to sit and say, "Well, we have R.J. Hampton," you know at the two right now. So it's covered, right? He's that mm. you, you have to go with, with talent in, in that spot. Now yeah. there is a, you know, I, I have heard like some noise and some guys who are kind of like on the Kaminga to the magic train as kind of like their possibly go to, you know, kind of modern perimeter score. Maybe you have lineups where you're playing Kaminga at the four and Isaac at the five. Um, personally, I'm not feeling it. Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling the Kaminga stuff to, to Orlando. I mean, yeah, he can kind of slide in at the three. Uh, you know, I mean, they have Otto Porter, who I I don't even I know what it, I forgot what his contract is. As soon as he got traded to the Bulls, I mm-hmm. that was it. I think his contract was expiring. I mean, they don't really have any. They have like if you consider Okeke, like I don't know what you what position you you consider him. Um, but I'm not a Kaminga guy. Shoot, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, like him. Yeah, I really like him. Shoot, yeah. I really like him. Um, but I don't know. I like. I don't think his fit is that clean next to Isaac. I'm I'm totally ignoring Bamba and uh, Wendell Carter in, from this mm. situation because I don't think either are like long term guys. Although I'm still still rocking with Mo Bamba until he lands in his second spot for sure. Mm. Um. Yeah, I, I, I'm not seeing it with Kaminga. Suggs, I think, like if he lands there, like okay, yeah. like I'm, I'm cool with it. I, I don't, I wouldn't take him over Jalen Green, but I think Jalen Suggs definitely gives that team an identity. He definitely can step in and be the guy who is like leading the franchise, being the vocal guy, being the guy who is, you know, at least making use of the other players. Cause I think that he's the kind of guy who he's that quarterback, right? He's the, yeah. the unselfish. He'll, his first instinct on a team like this would be to, how do I feed everybody? And Cole Anthony was always much more of a scorer. I think RJ yeah. Hampton um, is probably geared that way a little bit too. Although, you know, both of those guys can pass it a little bit. Uh, you know, Isaac, his offensive game is growing, but it's nothing to write home about. I think playing with a playmaker will serve him well. I mean, Wendell Carter mm-hmm. is a guy who needs a point guard. Mobamba, I think the same. So, uh, and he can guard twos. You know, he can kind of play either backcourt position. So, I'm not opposed to Jalen Suggs, especially if you know the Magic end up dropping. But 
Uh, not necessarily a guy I would take at three if if that's you know where they landed. Let's talk about the the chance that Evan Mobley is on the table. They got Wendell Carter. They have Mobamba. Do you even care? Or is this the same type of situation with Jalen Green where you're just like, I'm not looking at these guys and it's not going to stop me from taking them even though I have two center prospects there that were, what, top seven picks, (laughs) you know, a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah. I mean, also, I I don't even know if it's worth mentioning, but they have Mo Wagner too. I don't know if he's gonna <laughs> still be there. But um, I think, dude, I think it's interesting. I think what you said about Suggs is really important because I think you and I are in agreement where wherever Suggs lands, we're okay with it. Almost like he's yeah. that type of prospect where we feel like he can he can be a plug and play, adapt, culture change wherever he goes is kind of yeah. like where we're at. But I think the draft position is where, I mean, the draft slot is important. I think in this situation, like let's say Jalen green goes second and you know, it's between Mobley and Suggs. I, I think you can take Mobley here just because like, I don't know how much the Orlando front office believes in Wendell Carter. We don't know how much they believe in Mo Bamba after a couple of years now. Um, Mobley, who knows, could potentially walk in and just take the starting job, depending on, you know, the camp that he has, the summer league that he has, all that stuff, you know? Um, that could I, be interesting. And you put him next to Isaac, you talk about defensive oh front court. God. I mean, that could be like terrifying. Uh, all like, yeah, like modern day, like all time great uh mm-hmm. in the in the league. Like mm-hmm. literally could be, you know, franchise changing for just the way they they'll be able to protect switch yeah. out on the perimeter they'll be able to switch with e- each other's bigs you know they won't mm-hmm. e- it, it, that would be really fun and if you believe in Mobley's ability to to stretch the floor um and pass. play and pass you know you can you can put him in situations where it's not going to be jumbled up on the inside with Isaac who you know hasn't yet kind of perfected that perimeter game um like you would kind of one day envision him uh so i i think mobley even with wendell and mobamba and and mo wagner you, you if he's net number three and he's on the board for you i think that he's a guy that you have to really consider and if, if green's off the board then he's the guy that they should take just because the talent and the defensive potential between that front court is kind of unbelievable let's say they drop a little bit okay all right. Let's let's say they they drop to uh the 6th spot. They have a 26% chance of dropping to the 6th spot, which is kind of their most likely outcome by percentage according to Tankathon. So now Cade's off the board. Mobley's off the board. Suggs is off the board. Green's off the board. Kaminga's off the board. The Magic are on the the clock at number six. The top five, the consensus top five is off the board. What are are their options? Hmm. So here's the thing, Corey. I I think when you look at Orlando, they have a a lot of these smaller guards. Um, As you mentioned, these score first guards. They have a ton of bigs. Well, maybe not a ton, but they have bigs, clearly, as we talked about. Yeah, I think what they could use are some wings, right? Yeah. I, I don't know how much they believe in um, Michael Carter-Williams anymore, Dwayne Bacon. 
Although Dwayne Bacon has his moments. Like I don't hate Dwayne Bacon all the time. No, he, uh, yeah, Terrence Ross. I like Terrence, Terrence Ross, Ross, but he, exactly, he should yeah. be on a he should be a, on a contender. Exactly. So okay, here here's some options that I would throw out there, depending on how Orlando evaluates these prospects, right? Like if they're high on Keon Johnson, then obviously Keon Johnson is an option there. Um, for for us, the guy we talked about just last week, Moses Moody, interesting mm-hmm. guy. You know, yep. with his shooting potential and his defensive potential as a wing, like he yep. could be a really nice complementary wing with whatever they have. Like another option, Corey, to think about, let's say Orlando does get the Chicago pick and right. they end up at like eight or whatever. Let's, let's say, say it's six, t- and eight. six and eight, six and eight. Oh, six and eight. Now that's really let's, effed up. <laughs> <laughs> let's six say and they, eight is rough. Six and eight. Holy shit. Okay. Okay. Okay, then what about like Moody and Kispert? That's fun, right? You add some, you add shooting there, you add defensive potential there with both of those guys to go yep. along with kind of their score first, like, you know, driving point guards. That's kind mm-hmm. of interesting, right? It's definitely interesting. Another guy, another name I'll throw out there, maybe a little bit of book night. Yes, why not? Yeah. You know, uh, if you maybe you do a a book night and Moody. Wow, that's could be interesting. And and look, I mean, I can't I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my favorite player of all time, Davion Mitchell, Um, as as, if you have two guys in that range. Overlap or not. He could be a guy that I look at and I'd be like, do I would I rather have Davion Mitchell or RJ Hampton? I'd rather have Davion Mitchell. Would I rather have Davion Mitchell or Cole Anthony? I'd rather have Davion Mitchell. I don't know what I'm getting out of Markel Fultz, yeah. but I know that you're never going to get consistent shooting. Um, so I would even throw him into the mix, even if it overlapped as a guard, um, especially because defensively, I think he's going to be able to guard multiple positions anyway. And and I think we've seen with teams like Toronto, you can su- have a, a lot of high level success by playing multiple point guards at one time. So mm-hmm. being an, a, a magic fan, it's actually kind of a, like, obviously it'll suck if you move out of that kind of consensus top five. Right. Mm. But they have some really interesting options to continually, you know, continuously build their roster out full of strong players. Um, and, you know, it may be like, oh, we missed on this generational group, right? We were we dropped a little bit. Look at like the Suns, right? They have they built this team really organically. Now you look yeah. and be like, okay, well they got DeAndre Ayton as the number one pick. Like, all right, but they they passed on guys that they probably uh, would have, if in hindsight, taken. Uh, they have Devin Booker. All right, but they got him at what, 13? Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, maybe Book Knight could be your Devin Booker. Uh, so, there are avenues that, like, you're just taking guys that fit this roster construction. And then at some point, you look at, you look for the final piece and kind of move some pieces. And now you have this really solid roster to go along when you're ready to make the kind of Chris Paul esque move. So even if they kind of, you know, drop a little bit with one of the picks, um, they still have a, a, a really interesting avenue to get two really good pieces 
Now, the worst case scenario is they fall to like number seven and the Bulls move up into the top four and keep their pick. That's nightmare. that's kind of a nightmare scenario. Um, but I don't know. Orlando's or I feel like Orlando is going to be one of the teams that are really fun to watch in this draft. Corey, I think what you're speaking to right now also speaks to the strength of this of of this draft. Like if yeah. there was ever going to be a draft where you fall out of the top five and not feel terrible about it, I think it's this draft because what we've talked about for months now in the high level, second, third option guys that we're seeing in this draft right now, like let's imagine you end up, as you mentioned, with like a book night and a Franz Wagner. That's fun. Mm-hmm. A yep. Josh Giddy and a Moses Moody. That's fun. An, uh, a Corey Kispert, Isaiah Jackson tandem. Like there's so many like iterations of this where if you have two picks anywhere from like six to 12, six to 14, where you're going to end up with two contributors, not like two necessarily like like lotto tickets. Like I think you'll be able to find two guys that can play from day one and like actually contribute to your team, which is once again, speaks to the strength of this draft. I think we have a lot of really high end prospects that won't necessarily be like number one options, but will be really strong. Number two, number three, number four options. And that's why, as you mentioned, like, in a in a situation where Orlando is like three and eight or six and eight, it's not a nightmare because of yeah. how strong this draft is. So I agree with you, dude. Yeah, I think it. Uh, I think they're a fun team. They're going to be one of my favorite teams to pay attention to. Um, by the lottery balls dropping and then what they actually do on on draft night. The lottery's soon, right? Yeah, like like is it the twenty second, right? Is it the 22nd? I think so. I think it's next week. Holy crap. Know. Let's see. I think it, it, if it's a Tuesday, mm-hmm. um, wow, that's that's going to be, things are going to start getting real soon. Draft yeah. sneaking up. Draft sneaking up it on is. us. All right. Um, guys, girls, everybody else, thank you for listening again. Uh, you know, this is our fast breakdown on the clock, short episode where we just discuss, shoot the shit on, on, different outcomes for these teams so thank you for listening um if you haven't yet check out the aforementioned episode that uh we did that was posted a couple of days ago on uh albert's guy jalen johnson and uh and all the previous episodes and uh again by the the amount of downloads and and of every episode throughout you can listen to any of them at any time and and they hold up um you know they're they're not going to be outdated so and, and that's exactly what you all have been doing. So I uh, appreciate you all rocking with us. Uh, share, subscribe, rate, review, all that good shit. And uh, until next week, peace. Peace.